How's everybody doing? (laughs) Caitlin, I'm doing. I'm doing. I don't know if it's – I had like a really – I had a crusty week at work. Yeah, Um, yeah, you did. Or if it's that these two episodes were just absolutely out of left field. Like nothing I would have expected for this show. Somehow, somehow. Because at the same time, everything that happened is exactly what I should have expected. Correct. Um, But wowie. Wowie. Zooey Mama. Zooey Mama. I I feel like it's like last week I watched the episodes and I had such a high of like, oh my God, thank you, Center of the Moon. This is great. And then like this week I watched episode six and I was like, yeah. And then episode seven happened and I was like, fuck, what's going on? The dread, the dread that came over me. I was like, oh no, like I know it's all going to be okay because it is going to be okay. Don't you fucking worry. It's all going to be fine but oh my god i need these two dumbasses to talk to each other and stop yeah leaving Ah, i went i was like so worried so i wake up in the morning super horribly early to watch these because I can't go throughout my work day and not know what's going on which is both good and bad because then I go oh at least I can watch it and I don't have to worry about spoilers but then I go to work and that's all I can think about I was useless last Thursday <laughs> useless I, 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 there was moments where I was just staring at my computer going they kissed it in the moon yep oh I should probably do my job this week it was like I was able to go out and do my job, but then I would remember, and then just, <laughs> it was like a horrible feeling of dread. I'm like, it's going to be fine, I think. <laughs> I think. Um, you and I were at a record store uh, a couple weeks ago, and I bought Clouds by Joni Mitchell, which is an yes. incredible record by her, and I don't have my record player here with me at my parents' house, and I can't tell you how much I'm kicking myself in the pants for this, because the urge I had after these episodes to just, like, put on both sides now and lay on the floor with a glass of wine and like cry and then just like lift it up and pour it all over my face and then cry again to just really have my Emma Thompson moment from (laughs) Love Actually um it's Jover (laughs) it's Jover it's Jover Uh, oh my god let's get into it yeah. Let's get into it. Tell me tell me where you want to start, Caitlin. I want you to guide this conversation since <laughs> capitalism did really get me get me right in the teeth this week. I gotta tell you, I feel like we just gotta go right in to everything that's happening between Ed and Seed because mm-hmm. there was so much that happened these two episodes. Mm-hmm. And and like here's here's why I love their relationship and why I love this show is because even though it's this fantasy workplace comedy but actually it's a rom-com on a pirate ship and it's lovely there's no rules there's some rules there's like you can do anything I love that this show doesn't have Ed and Steed be this beautiful lovely perfect fairy tale romance Mm -hmm. and it's been like that from the beginning I think it's like it's incredible that they met each other but they're not gonna kiss and make up yeah. immediately and yeah. I respect that so much I say through gritted teeth because this is making me crazy <laughs> like, I, I think also it's like 
watching it live this time around is killing me because at least when I started the show, like it was all almost out. And by the time it all ended, all the episodes were out, so I could just watch it on my own time. So like yeah. having to wait a week is like actually like a shovel is being taken to my brain and the mental health is just <laughs> declining. Like I can't, I can't do it. But I just love that their romance isn't just be like, mm, it's all going to be fine and they're okay now. And now let's just mm-hmm. go on where everything is all happy and lovely. Mm-hmm. Even though I would love that, but I don't love that because I feel like that would do such a disservice to their story and to them as characters. So I mentioned this article last week in our last episode, but I literally can't stop thinking about it. And every episode since all two of them (laughs) has uh, just reiterated the points made in it and why it's making me insane in both the positive, like, this is really well-written dynamic and negative, oh my God, please let them talk. We only have one episode left. I'm terrified. So in an interview with Polygon, which I will link in our little description, um, David Jenkins talks about Ed and Steve's romance and how that will all play out moving forward. And he talks about seeing the work that needs to be put into a relationship when you have two people like Ed and Steed who run and disrupt their relationships in their lives. Mm. And my favorite bit from the article is towards the end where David says, there are times when a relationship is not always fun. You're like, shit. I don't know. You stopped growing and I'm still growing. I stopped growing and you're still growing. These are the things I like to see in a fantasy story about love because I think that a lot of times we don't. We get this idealized version of love, but love is work and I'd like to see that in my fantasy a little bit. I think that's a helpful thing to see so we don't all think, oh, I'm going to fall in love and that will be it. I'll meet my one. It's like, no, motherfucker. Love is work and it's hard. And then you do the work and hopefully it works out. I think that's great. I I love yeah. that so much because, like, I love seeing that it's not you meet the perfect person, fall in love, and everything is all happy and wonderful because that's not true. That doesn't happen in real life. And I think those stories are nice to have and nice to see sometimes. But I love that the story between Ed and Steed is that these are two people who are clearly in love and it's incredible that they even met and that they want to be together so bad. But they have so much growth to do. And in order for them to be able to get to that soft, lovely fairy tale romance, they have to put some work into it. I'm, I'm really fascinated and, and impressed, I'd say, by, by the nuances that constantly are finding them their way into this silly pirate show. Yeah. To the extent that, like, you know, I think it's really easy for us to roll the uncredits on a relationship when you meet somebody in real life and you fall in love and you think, okay, this is it. I've checked the box. There's nothing else I have to do now. It's just... For the rest of my life, I'll be in this linear relationship where everything works mm-hmm. until it doesn't, maybe. And I like that I like that this show doesn't do that. I like that we get to see that there's something kind of liquid about love. Like Yeah. And there's something very liquid about the way that people change over time and, and it doesn't like oftentimes in relationships in real life, we're never just changing together. Usually one of us is going through like a really difficult time and the other has figured it all out. Like that is, that's the nature of love. That's the nature mm-hmm. of romantic relationships. So I do, I agree with you. I think that's awesome that we're seeing that in this show. Yeah. And like also within this season, it's been four days, I think. It's been like roughly four days since Ed came out of purgatory and they reunited that's not enough time for everything to be fixed or like solved and for them to just go all into it 
Like, they need yeah. to take it slow, but they're both win-prone. And honestly, I think if Ed and Steed actually took it slow and everything went smoothly, I think a part of me would be just a little bit disappointed because that's not them. And Mm -hmm. these two characters are so complex and so, like, mentally interesting. I think it would be a disservice to not them, like, fuck up along the way. Yeah, and to that point, it's like, I think something that is hard to nail down is if it feels a little off, like, if the last two episodes feels a little off, specifically with regards to their dynamic, I think that's kind of the point. Yeah. Like, it's the point is that, like, they're doing everything that, the audience is expecting them to do in a relationship mm-hmm. that they were expecting to do, in, to do in their relationship. But because of the pacing, because they're not taking their time, they're whim prone. It's mm-hmm. all off. It's all wrong. And yeah. like the last two episodes makes you feel that way. You feel kind of like it's kind of jarring, you know? Yeah. You know, and there, there's the argument of like there should be more episodes to this show. For sure. I think there needs to, they should have gotten 10 again. I think um, it would have been nice to have more time. And I think you can feel that sometimes. But I do feel like, given what they were given, the create, like David Jenkinson, the creators, and everybody involved are doing pretty well at sharing their story. So to that point, like Ed and Steed are both super uncomfy and insecure about who they have been their entire life. And they are so desperately trying to grasp onto what the other knows so well. So Steve thinks that being soft and gentle is a weakness because that's what he was bullied for and berated for by his father. And so he wants to be this great fearsome pirate like Ed is. And Steve admires the toughness that Ed has as a person and a pirate. And Ed does not want to be a pirate anymore and he wants to be rid of that tough scary pirate life and wants to be soft and gentle like like steed and ed admires the softness that steed has but they literally don't know like the thing that they hate about themselves is something that the other loves so deeply mm-hmm. and they are ah, oh, it is so interesting and if they just told each other things they wouldn't have these issues but their insecurities get in their way and like their lives that they've led so far where it's just like ed having to be blackbeard his whole life for survival and never having the chance to have to be gentle is just like he he hates that so much and then steed who is just at his nature just soft gentle and loves fine things Mm -hmm. he was always made fun of for his whole life so he thinks that he needs to in order to be a man he needs to be tough and fearsome so that's why he goes to become a pirate and i just love that like even from season one uh, their big romantic moments aren't at all fairy tales. Like, we could have had a big, lovely romantic moment under the moon in season mm-hmm. one, but we didn't because Steed didn't pick up on social cues from Ed. And then their first kiss was a little awkward, which I think is great, and because that, that's real. And then, but afterwards, Steed leaves. <laughs> and then their second kiss is cut off because Ed asked to take it slow, which is awesome. And then their first time shouldn't have even happened under their cir- under these circumstances. Like, none of it, especially this season, is going how they think it should have. Yeah. The scene where Ed goes to comfort Steed could have been such a great parallel to the bathtub scene from episode mm-hmm. six last season, which I thought we were going to get. And I was like, oh my god, this is going to be awesome. But yeah. the thing with Steed is that he never practices what he preaches. 
He never, (laughs) he never, (laughs) ever, ever talks it through. Ever. Like, I cannot think of a time where Steed actually opens up about how he feels when he does. And when he does, he starts to get cut off. Like, the example I can think of is when in episode four of the first season, Ed asked him if he ever feels like he's treading water waiting to drown. And Steed starts to answer, but then Ed keeps talking. So he never, Steed has never really opened up about himself to anybody, really, mm-hmm. about what he's yeah. feeling, what he's doing. He's always just like, oh, what are you feeling? What are you doing? And how can we fix that? Like this. Right. Uh, so he was never going to have, like, especially at this stage, he was never going to have that moment where Ed comes in and comforts him and Steve talks about it because what Steve just went through was he was called an amateur pirate by this big name pirate, Ned Lowe, and he had to prove himself and save his crew and make him walk the plank to prove the fact that like no he can do this he's a pirate too he's one he's one of you let me Mm -hmm. show you how i can be a man but that's it's just uh there's so much more to it and so then instead of talking about how killing ned low was horrible for steed and it caused him flashbacks of his father um instead of talking about his feelings with ed he lets his body take over and he makes out and has sex with ed which is like they both go for it they're they're both like running off of whims like this day did not go as planned they should have slow danced together and had a lovely party with their crew but instead this dude shows up from ed's past and fucks it all up and ed he started this episode having flashbacks of his own to all the bad shit that he's done and and also the trauma with his father and then just some of the things that he wants to get away from and then this pirate shows up because Ed pissed him off by breaking his record, and it's because of Ed's actions that Ned Lowe finds them and crushes their party and tortures everyone. So in Ed's eyes, Steed is being hurt because of him and his past when he's like, it's me you want, it's me. Like, first of all, love that scene. We love, we love seeing <laughs> someone get tortured and the other one having to watch and be like, no, it's mm-hmm. me you want. That's some good mm-hmm. shit. Good shit. But Ed's like, that shit has to go. Like, he needs to let go of Blackbeard and that whole story because it only brings them trouble and it interrupts these lovely romantic moments that they could possibly have. And then they have sex and it's consensual and it's fun, but it is a mistake because it's not what they need right now. And I think that's so apparent with all of the space that is left between them in the bed the next morning. We're immediately shown... (laughs) We are immediately shown that something is off like Uh. he's trying but it's wrong so there's um there's a tumblr post from a lovely url named a song about pirates (laughs) which uh talks about how ed is getting the warmth and the food and the sex the three things that he said in the gravy basket that he liked most about life but he's getting them in the wrong way Mm. like and they say in the post like he makes steed breakfast in bed but it's not the greatest breakfast. He doesn't know how. Like, the marmalade is literally, like, on the tray. Just and smeared on the tray. <laughs> just smeared on the tray. And like, that's literally... I, it's funny because, like, 
it's it doesn't work but also at a five star at a michelin star restaurant in the city i live in yeah it would work it would work and everybody every single upper class white person in the vicinity in the circumference of the restaurant would dig it yeah everyone who lives in that neighborhood would be like have you been to belugios <laughs> they smear their jam right on the tray it's right on the tray. so, so cheap good. oh my god so no one's good. doing it like belugios <laughs> And it's like seventy five dollars. At the end, they're, they're like, they're like, that's one hundred and eighty dollars, and gratuity is not included. <laughs> so, so like you know, the breakfast isn't great. The toast is taken a bite as has a bite taken out of it by Ed. Um, yeah. There's twine there. There's twine. There's just twine. <laughs> he just he, got, he panicked. He panicked. That was one of my favorite my okay, favorite lines he, from the episode. Here's the thing about the twine. When uh-huh. I first saw it, I was like. What does this symbolize? <laughs> I, was like, I was like, you know, my my little the brain rot took over, and it's just like, are you gonna are you gonna like tie it? Is it like a symbolism for tying the knot? But they're loose right now, and they're separate because they're not there yet. But eventually, is the is the twine gonna be knotted together like their lives will be? Anyway, that was the thought I had. But anyway, so the food is off, the sex happened, but not where it should have. And like they still haven't talked about everything. They should still they should still be taking it slow. Like literally, like a day ago, maybe maybe one or two days ago, Ed yeah. cut off a kiss, and he's just like, "Can we take it slow?" And they're like, "Yeah." And then yeah. they have sex the next day, which is like <laughs> kind of hilarious, but also like y'all. <laughs> so that part's off. And then the warmth in this post, it it says like Ed starts off the episode outside on the ship, and it's cold, and he's got his robe on, but it's still. It's like a cold winter morning to me, like yeah. where the sun is shining, but it's negative 30, you know, yeah. like, it is so cold and you can't stand it. And it, it just, it, there's something off about it. And there's the space in yeah. between the bed. I can't emphasize enough how oh. odd that was to have them. I mean, I mean, like, yeah, they can sit at opposite ends of the bed, but it's not like it was cozy. It, it was off. Because they shouldn't have had sex yet. <laughs> they shouldn't have done that. And not because it was bad writing, like, they shouldn't have had sex yet. Why did they do that? It's because as characters, they are whim-prone, yeah. so that's what they did, and they made a mistake. And it's so good. It's so good. Yeah. And I, I, oh, guys, let me tell you, my favorite thing about this episode are the parallels. Episode 7 is a parallel to Season 1, Episode 9, and... It makes me go bingo boingo bonkers insane. And yeah, explain this because I'm I I I wipe the hard drive like I can't wipe the hard I can't put two and two together to save my life. I need you to just put up a poster board for me right here right now, and I need you to take some 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 twine, yeah, 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 yeah. and just like use it to connect the dots because I'm lost. Help me, help. Okay, well I have a whole table written in my notes because I am a visual learner and I need to see it uh literally like after so after this episode aired I was just like I have so many thoughts and I would like text it to like another friend or I would like make a post on tumblr or I would like just jot notes down on my on my notes app on my phone and I'd be like I don't know where to put any of this and I don't know if any of this makes sense so if you're still here and you're like Caitlin you're insane I know just go with it it's fine don't worry about it I'm gonna do my best but this uh, I could make a last, whole PowerPoint. <laughs> last week, uh, this is, I was going to say last week, <laughs> I made a PowerPoint for Caitlin on one of the most critical ships in my life yeah. and gave it to her. And I'm like, 
you sound so much like me right now. It's so it's so unsettling. I'm so worried about you because the mindset that I was in when I made that PowerPoint. It was a good PowerPoint. It was a I was great com- PowerPoint. It was even. convincing. I was compelling. Yes, but I was convinced. But that's how you sound. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so okay, these parallels. All right, in this season, Ed sees Steed kill Nedlo and begs Steed not to do it because now Steed has done something that Ed hates about himself and now thinks now he thinks he's ruined steed oh uh, right mm -hmm. and also steed didn't have to kill nedlo he already won he already had it handled Mm -hmm. but because Steed thinks he needs to prove himself as a pirate as a person he kills him and ed if you look at ed's face as steed is making ned walk the plank it is so broken like he's just he's looking at him was just like oh no i did this because yeah. again, Ned Lowe only showed up because Ed broke his record in the aftermath of Steed leaving and everything. Like, yeah. So he's he's already like, oh great, I ruined Steed. I ruined the soft, gentle, lovely man whom I love, and now he's yeah. killed somebody in yeah. cold blood. In episode nine of season one, Ed shaves his beard and renounces his piracy, giving up the legend of Blackbeard, and Steed thinks he's ruined Ed by doing that right now steed is becoming a famous pirate something that ed was but no longer wants to be and in last season ed is ready to leave piracy run off to china and start a new non-piratical simple life which is what steed ran away from home for to get away from his mundane life and this season steed initiates sexy time and then later ed leaves and then the last season ed kisses steed and then later steed leaves and then i think a really like the biggest point here is that Jackie tells Ed how Steed is becoming the man now. Like he is the pirate now. He's well known. He's infamous. And mm-hmm. Ed tells her that he doesn't want to be a pirate anymore and it's not a phase. It's not just a phase. And she goes, Well, does Steed know that? And you look over and Steed is just living his best life. He's ye- like getting drinks poured down his throat for him. He's yelling things like, I'm the sea god. And you just hear, you see Ed look at him and he just goes, shit. And yeah. in the rest of the episode, he's in quiet contemplation. And then when he does talk to Steed, he panics and leaves because Steed is becoming what he's trying to give up. And Steed uh. is loving it. And last season, Chauncey tells Steed that he defiles beautiful things, and Steed believes him because he thinks he's ruined Ed. In order to stop ruining Ed, he panics and leaves because Ed is becoming what he's trying to give up. So this was Ed's you defile beautiful things moment. (laughs) That's nuts. You're nuts. (laughs) You're, You're crazy. You're crazy for that one. Wow. Yeah. And that's why I love it because this bitch loves her parallels. And this was all, this was, this was everything. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like this is something that David does really well is like, he, I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know. I can't wrap my head around us as a writer, how you, you go about kind of create, like taking, taking your first season and then holding a mirror up to it. Yeah. But still keeping it 
unique and fresh and interesting. But it's like a funhouse mirror. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. The visuals. Oh, I love that. It's like a funhouse mirror. I love that. I love yeah. that. I'm chewing on that. Um, which is what it feels like with these episodes. It's like, you know, we talked about this. Like, we're chewing on it. We're, we're digging in. You know, but it does feel like that. Like, there's so much to parse out just in, in like, this, this last two episodes in terms of their relationship and the way that they interact with each other. And, like, this giant fear that they share that they're, they're not good enough for each other they're not good enough for each right. other and they're ruining each other yeah and it's like you two are so f- afraid you're so uh, frightened by yeah. the prospect of just of being of being together that, yep. that this is what happens every time which is both <laughs> such great queer representation <laughs> also but also like just devastating because it's like you know like as much as we all want them to have this great domestic contentment and we do get that a little bit this season that's not really them you know like at the end of the day maybe one day when they learn and they grow and and they get to the point where they can both understand that it's this fear that's holding them back maybe one day yeah right now we're in the middle of watching a very early relationship a very fresh love try Mm -hmm. to sort itself out and it's it's like oh (laughs) oh great it's and we're having so much fun it's awesome it's really awesome yeah but like the best thing about this is that it is all going to be okay it is Hmm. yeah it is maybe could be believe me (laughs) it is it is it's gonna be okay i'm a little terrified that we only have one more episode left to wrap everything up but if we can just get these two idiots to talk to each other great i'll be happy because it will be okay these two are going to realize that in the end it's each other that they want. Steve's going to realize that when he ran away from home, the thing that he wanted wasn't an adventurous p- life as a pirate. It was to love and be loved by someone who he actually loved back and someone he would actually want to spend the rest of his life with. Someone that he chose and someone who chose him back. And Ed is going to realize, and is already slowly realizing, that it's not the quiet domestic life that he seeks it's a quiet domestic life spent with the man that he loves and to also be loved in return to live his life and not just survive it. And the key thing for both of them is that they need to learn that the person who loves them loves every inch of them, even the parts that they find unlovable about themselves. Mm-hmm. And they need mm-hmm. to learn how to properly communicate with each other before they can properly move their relationship forward. Because this season is about learning how to love Next season, hashtag renew as a crew, everybody, is when you can <laughs> see them commit to each other and have the fairy tale moments and be married and open up an inn by the sea and live happily ever after the end. I'm clapping. I'm not going to clap so that I don't hurt people's ears, but I am clapping in my brain, in my yeah. mind, in my mind palace. Um, <laughs> no. Uh-oh. Uh, so uh, I agree with you. And, and you know what? I, I really... What I like a lot about this specific dynamic in this show, and this is something I find myself doing often, is taking myself right out of it and being like, this show specifically, this show, in comparison to other shows. So if you've heard me doing that, that will continue because that's just the way I think about it. But like, <laughs> um, I, I like this specific dynamic that Ed and Steve have because the, the romance they're having 
it is so uniquely rare to see represented in television because mm-hmm. it's an older one. Yeah. Um, so the changing and the growing that's going on between them, it's something that happens for everybody regardless of age and their relationships. But I think it's it's what makes it particularly compelling in this case is that it's distinctly happening to two people that are going through the midlife crisis. Yeah. And I think that that's something that, that is underrepresented in television is two people – you know, I, I, we see a lot of love stories with older folks where th- I think the framing is they figured it out, you know, right. they had their fun, which is depressing. Um, but here it's very much we are both starting over. Like when we met, we were both starting over and we yeah. are still constantly starting over and trying again and trying again and trying to figure out because once you think you found the thing that calls to you, the path forward is never linear, you know, it's, it's right. there's, there is a lot of trying and failing, um, a lot of practice that goes into making things work. It's, it's almost never natural, despite right. what we're led to believe. So I like this a lot. I, I think where there was a world a couple of months ago where I would have been like, I'm looking forward to them getting back together this season and just being domestic. I think yeah. that the, the, the pace that David and, Alex and the other incredible writers and creators on the show are trying to set for their relationship. I think that it's palpable. I think it makes sense. To me, it's interesting because it reminds me a little bit of what happened with Good Omens this season, where Mm. it's like, again, they're never really, like, they're never really on the same page, you know? Yeah. And that is so much more interesting and complex than, like, we did it. We we kissed once and now we're together forever and nothing can ever go wrong. Right. And this this ties back to what I said last week about, you know, toxic queer rap kind of and that's that like if if we were to just continue to tell stories where in general everything works out, that would be boring. Right. But also, if we were to tell relationship we're ta- if we were to tell stories just simply about queer people where everything works out for them, as much as I think there's a place for those stories, I, I'm really excited that we live in a world where we can we can now explore the complexities of queer relationships in the way that we've been exploring toxic straight relationships for centuries. Right. Because I'm sick of st- toxic straight <laughs> stories. I don't care anymore. I don't care! <laughs> but I love this. Yeah. It's just a more interesting story. And I think that when we get the last episode and we're all able to sit down and watch this season as a whole I think it'll like the placement of these two episodes will I mean I personally I think they make sense where they are with everything that happened but I think it's Mm -hmm. gonna make us feel better (laughs) about how episode seven ended uh Mm -hmm. when we get to episode eight not knowing anything about episode eight so uh as I say this but I just think that it's like you have to remember this is just what this is just one step in the story and the fact that david jenkins has said like he has like a three season plan yeah and so uh, season one was them meeting and falling in love and then season two is them learning how to love and how they move forward with it and season three will be how they can like move their lives forward as a complete unit mm-hmm. and as I keep saying, get married and have an end by the sea. And it's going to be beautiful. <laughs> I'm just manifesting it. I'm manifesting it. Oh, my God. Help us renew it as a crew. I need season three like I need air. <laughs> so bad. 
it's it's weird that you're talking about this right now because there's a world in my in my head it's like there is just a season three just because david said there's a season three i'm like there's a season three like i haven't thought about the potential that they would still have to make the case for renewal yeah and that makes me very nervous because there have been a few shows that have gotten the the chopping block um during the strike not because of the strike but because of studios and their uh infinite greed so it is really really yeah support sag aftra so it is really important, I think, for, for uh, fans to advocate right now and forevermore for season three. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That that's that's the call to action that that we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna propose here and now. Welcome back to the Con O'Neill Corner, where Woo! we talk about Con O'Neill for an abnormal amount of time. Yay! <laughs> what oh my is going god! On with that guy! <laughs> I don't know, but I'm here for it. <laughs> I just yeah. I, oh, that little rat bastard has bewitched me body and soul. I gotta tell you, <laughs> I just, I, I'm sorry. He, Izzy Hans is now canonically written Lovey and Rose, and I think that's wonderful. Oh yeah, I mean, oh god, that, this keeps happening with this show. Is they keep, I think this is one of my favorite bits that David does, where he's like, one of the characters on the ship invented. <laughs> invented something that you all now use every day peanut butter face masks <laughs> fan <laughs> fiction and Rose. fan fiction fan art like it's just <laughs> i love the the use of drag makeup in <gasps> yeah the calypso's birthday scenes i don't i just i think what they're doing with izzy's character this season is so interesting and unexpected yeah. like there are if this show was honestly if this show was was created or written by anybody else i think he would have probably remained like the izzy we knew from last season but in this world (laughs) izzy has such fascinating character growth and becomes like you know becomes kind of like a beacon (laughs) uh on this ship and i'm so interested in that like i'm really interested in the path that that was chosen for him this season because it's so i mean it's so out of left field but it works yeah yeah because there's like part of me that's just like no i i want more of like the backlash of his actions because like he is the person who pushed ed into becoming blackbeard again and Mm -hmm. but then like because of that everything happened and he was treated so horribly by ed you know, justifiably so in some parts. Yeah. Um, and then, you know what? Man lost his leg and he's half horse now. So part of me is like, mm, that's good enough for me. And it's just more, in- he's more <laughs> interesting as a, a character. Limb, yeah. <laughs> he's more interesting to me of just watching this man who hated everything start to realize, oh, wait, maybe this is a good life to have. Maybe I should yeah. be open to this. And I don't know. I'm just... I'm yeah. He just intrigues me so much, and I just I just think it's fun, and I'm here I'm here for it. I want to say that the final couple of scenes of episode seven, um, where Izzy and Steed have this great solidarity over Ed, um, yeah, reminded me so much of the the wives and mistresses scene from one of the final episodes of season four of Succession. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Without giving too much away, but when they all sit in the... When they're all sitting together. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Like, that's just one of my favorite dynamics 
in in real life but also mm-hmm. in television is when you have two people who have dated the same person and they or like been romantically involved or psychosexually involved or whatever with the same person and they have some solidarity about what it was like to be with that person yeah it's such a great di- I oh it's such a good dynamic um because it's like there are only a couple people in the entire world depending on this person's you know their body count who understand the specific experience of being in love with a a particular person there are only a couple people in the world that have that shared experience which i think is kind of you know marvelous and to see those two people interact it's like oh my gosh it's one of my favorite it's one of my favorite bits like (laughs) in romantic comedies in general oh yeah don't you hate when he does that thing where he like you know, when he sips his coffee, crinkles his nose. Oh, yeah. yeah. He does that still. You know, it's like, oh, my gosh. You, you it's people, like, you know that person. You know right. that person so intimately in a way that no one else does. And you can relate yeah. on that front. Oh. And you have no one else to relate to but that other person that they've been with. And it's just yes. like a special kind of friendship right there. It is. It and that's is. why, like, when, when Izzy's just like, well, you know what he did to me when I told him he I loved him? He shot me in the leg. So Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you're doing okay bud like it's gonna be fine <laughs> yeah yeah it's so great oh gosh it's great yeah yeah I also like that when Steed was going against Jang and he had like all of this crew come up behind him not any of his original crew by the way it was just all these people sorry I got a notification <laughs> from my fantasy football <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> Don't worry about it. It's Are my... you winning? Um, it's Saturday, so I've only had one game. But yes, I am winning. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Amazing. In case you're wondering, I'm winning my fantasy football league this week. Um, <laughs> this is my middle-aged dad trait that I have. <laughs> my middle-aged dad trait is alcoholism. Hey, that's a different conversation for a different platform and a different room full of other anonymous people. <laughs> You're right. Will you drive me? Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think we're doing after? (laughs) (laughs) So he has uh, his whole, all these people that Steed has accumulated um, throughout his high of being a famous pirate stand behind him to defend him. I love that Izzy was one of them. Yeah. Like, nobody else in his crew, I mean, I don't think anybody else was there besides Olu, Jim, and Archie. But, like, Izzy was the only remaining person. Like, he didn't have to stand up and go behind Seed. But I like seeing that he's just like, oh, my captain is being threatened. His captain is Seed now. And he's ready to, like we've said on the podcast, like, ready to grab his sword and fight. Although it was so much fun to watch Seed get his ass handed by Zhang because, holy shit, he's so stupid. I love him. I love my canceled man, Seed (laughs) Pond. But man, he got humbled. So dumb. He, he got was humbled, humbled as he, he should. Humbled, right somebody, so. I can't remember the name off the top of my head, so I'm so so sorry. But somebody responded on our Instagram stories that like Steed fighting Zhang was equivalent to Ed like turning the ship into the storm, like post breakup. And yeah, like I'm, I uh, I Just, had to like take a moment after reading it. So shout out to that person. Thank you for ruining my life. Fail boyfriends. Yeah. Oh my god, Ed, come get your cringe fail boyfriend. He is fucking everything up. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, come get your man. Come and get, come your, get man, your man. Who is in a blue shirt, by the way. Oh, say more about that. Oh, for, first of all, not only does he look fine as hell, but another detail I love about this show is how much they pay attention to color. So, like, we've talked about it, and they've talked about it with Ed in purple, and how you see more of that as he falls in love with Steed, and how Steed has more color in his life with the red robe um, as he falls in love with Ed, because Ed brings out more color in his life. Yeah, I love Steed in blue because it is... A color that he wears when he wants to be taken seriously and it's the color that he wears when his old self comes out and there is a great post by someone whose URL is series 5 and I just I know what that is referring to and I just want to say I'm sorry um, <laughs> but they have a great post on it I will also link it in um, our description about when Steed wears the color blue and he wears it when he is first introduced to us when he's trying to be a a big macho pirate he wears blue in episode five when he enters high society again he brings out that teal coat when he leaves ed behind in blind man's cove and when he's captured by the english and then throughout all of episode 10 when he's trying to fit back into his old life and eventually leaves it he leaves a corpse dressed in teal and now steed is back in blue teal whatever you want to like shade of blue but it's the pirate version because he is trying to be taken seriously and his old self is coming out and his old self is coming out through the flashbacks that he has and it's coming out through him needing to overcompensate for being himself so then he has to just let his body take over and not actually talk things through and he has to prove himself in some way even though he doesn't have to because he already won he already won against yeah. Ned Lowe he did not have to make him walk the plank but because he was threatened and called an amateur and one of Blackbeard's pets he has to prove himself so he's mm-hmm. back in blue and he's in blue throughout all of episode 7 and Ed is in a blue robe mm-hmm. at the beginning of episode 7 Head in my hands as you color me blue. (laughs) Alexa, play Norman fucking Rockwell. Oh, no. It always comes back to her. It does. Color theory is so important. I don't, you know, that's one of those things that I think always gets like, like we don't pay as much attention to it as we should. In this show, we do. But, you know, like. like, (laughs) If you're insane, you do. Yeah. No, totally. But also, it's like somebody had to sit there who knows the show, who's read the script, who knows the characters, and, like, yep. make a conscious decision about how to dress them yes. based on what they know about them. And, like, yeah. I feel like I feel like I forget that all the time, you know, if I'm watching something casually. But then it comes mm-hmm. back to me, and I'm like, oh, my God, somebody intentionally made that choice. So it yep. means something. It means something, you know? It's, it's like uh, the choice of the black cravat. Who I miss, by the way. Where is she? Mm. Where did she go? Um, but also, okay, here's the thing about the black cravat. So obviously the black cravat is worn by Ed when they switch clothes and then he keeps it and then he keeps it on after the breakup and then it goes away, but then it comes back when he's about to die, but now it's gone again and we haven't seen it. And I think like, even though I need to know where she is, um, I'm okay with not knowing where she is because the black cravat symbolizes Steed's hold on people's lives. And I feel like Ed not wearing it now, it's like... 
we know that Steed is in his life now and how he is wants to be with Steed. Like we don't need that symbol anymore because now we see them together. Mm-hmm. And it was more needed in season one because just like this is his impact on Ed. This is Steed's impact on Ed. This is Ed holding on to a piece of him. And then also like we see it with Mary and how mm-hmm. her black cravat gets tighter and tighter the worse Steed gets and fucks up her yeah. life again. So I just think yeah. I'm okay with not seeing it for those reasons, and that makes sense. It's just, like, how I'm okay with not seeing the red silk again, even though I do miss her. Um, I think it's good that we don't have the red silk because Steed is the red silk now in his red shirt. So, Uh yeah. (laughs) So there's that. Um, But, yeah, the details are insane. Or um, Ed's gloves. He wears fingerless gloves all throughout season one, and then in in episode 10, when he's going full Kraken mode, he puts on full finger gloves. So he has, there's no skin left to touch. And now that Seed is back, there's no gloves on his hands. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, details wow. like that. Like, details. The, yeah, it's, it's incredible. And it, it makes me, makes me want to take my little shovel and continue to dig, you know? Just keep digging. Just keep digging. Just, just keep, keep digging. digging. Yeah. Just a quick uh, good for Lucius and Pete on missing the oh entire my God. torture and oh raid. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> good for them. They had no idea that they were being raided. They had no idea their crew was being tortured because they were having sex for 24 hours. And I just think that's what they deserve. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let them do their thing. Let them have their moment. Yep. You know, there was a po- – think about this. There was a point this time last year when, when we – none of us thought this. But when he was dead, possibly, um, and now he's <laughs> getting married. Yeah, I like when they come out and they're like, "Where have you guys been?" Oh, we got engaged. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good for you. Good for you. Good for you. So you did it. Wedding next episode. Wedding next episode. But also, how the hell does that fit into anything else that is going on in the next episode? There's 30 (laughs) minutes left of the whole season. Put that in perspective. There's 30 minutes left of the whole season. Okay. If I could inject a little nuance here, don't 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 send me hate mail. You talk. You mentioned earlier, like, you know. Um, that there's an argument that this episode should have more seasons. I'm a strong, I think I'm a strong advocate Sorry, for that argument. This season should have more. Episodes. This season should have more episodes. This episode <laughs> should have. This episode should have just more seasons. Fall, winter, <laughs> spring, perhaps. Yeah. Um, I agree that that maybe there should be more episodes because, um, and this is like totally biased, but like, I don't know. I like the pacing of Ed and Steve's relationship. I think everything that you've, every argument that you've made about the way that it feels off and how that is intentional, I feel like that all makes sense to me. Yeah. I really think that this show deserves so much more attention from HBO so that it can continue to flourish. Like, I don't know mm-hmm. how to, I don't know how to put my, I don't know, because there are times this last two episodes, admittedly, where I was like, I need the pacing. I need the pacing. To, like, girl, the pacing, you know? And it mm-hmm. didn't have anything to do with the writing. I don't think it had anything to do with David. I don't think it had anything to do with the way that, the, with any of the people that put their hearts and souls into it right. um i to to me i think the responsibility to do better the, the responsibility to give a show like this the the time to tell the stories that fans want falls completely on hbo so my call to action is not just that we have season three get renewed but also that like hbo and i don't know what my ask is here potentially maybe <laughs> 10 episodes potentially just you know giving them a whole giant pot of money for no good reason except that i want them to have money but like right. i think this i think i think my ask is like hbo needs to pay more attention to this show and 
and see its value for its fans because it has this huge fan base. Yep. And just because it isn't a prestige drama, just because it isn't The Sopranos um, or Succession, it doesn't mean that it's not valuable. And uh, when I think about this this actor strike, I just I can't emphasize enough the importance of paying people properly for their craft because mm-hmm. of studios that have absolutely no intention of valuing the writers and producers and actors. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, just yeah. That's all I have to say. Like, give us a season three. Yeah. Just give us a season three. Let us finish it out. Let us yeah. finish it out because yeah. this show is so loved and so yes. needed. And ah, yeah. Uh, yeah. This last two episodes gave me Calypso's birthday. Gave me new villains, sex, <laughs> and I'm not normal about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm so excited to see how this all plays out. I am terrified that there's only 30 minutes left of the season. I can't believe we're already at the finale. Scary. Um, but I have still thoroughly enjoyed every episode of the season so far and I'm having a great time and I'm definitely not normal about it and I think I'll be super insane about it next week forever forever thank you for listening yes please subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts yeah. please rate us please come talk to us on TikTok and yes. Instagram and tell us what you thought of this week's episode yes. and Tumblr uh, of the show and of our podcast yeah Yay! Yeah. And yeah. Love talking to you. Yeah. Bye. Love you. Bye.